Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It is Friday morning, that means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation. Joining me here for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Senior Economist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Brian Rose. So Brian, happy Friday, great to be with you as always. Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Dan. Good morning, everyone. So, Brian, maybe we can begin today with the August employment report, which came out just a few moments ago. Curious to hear your interpretation of the data, as well as your outlook for the labor market here in the U.S. So, the headline, the non-farm payrolls increased by 315,000 month-on-month, that uh, more or less in line with expectations. But there were revisions, especially to June, that uh, took off 107,000 payrolls. So, if you add that in, actually a little bit less than expected. And uh, another surprise in the data was the unemployment rate ticked up to 3.7%. That's up from 3.5% in July. And the interesting thing is that uh, this rise in the unemployment rate was driven by higher labor force participation. So the employment uh, according to the household survey, which is where you get the unemployment rate from, employment was actually up by 442,000, according to, to that data. But so many more people came into the labor market that it pushed up the unemployment rate. So the participation rate up three-tenths to 62.4%. And this is really great news. If uh, you know, we, we have a problem with a overly tight labor market, and to see the participation rate coming back up is really, really good news. Also, in, in recent months, we've had this strange trend where the payroll data is strong, but the household survey is showing no job growth. And that uh, you know, reversed this time where we had a good gain in employment according to the household survey. And uh, another important uh, you know, data point from this release is average hourly earnings up $0.10 cents month on month. That's a comfortable pace for the Fed. So it's a three-tenths month-on-month. You know, again, the Fed, Fed is hoping to see wage growth slow, and that's what we saw in this data. If we had $0.10 cents a month every month, uh, there'd be no problem from the Fed's perspective in terms of uh, wage growth. So overall, this is a kind of a Goldilocks report. You, you had payrolls growing, but not by too much. Uh, participation rate coming back up and also the wage growth at at the moderate pace. Some interesting takeaways there from the jobs report. Thank you for that, Brian. Outside of the jobs data, any other notable data releases from the past few days you'd like to share with us? Well, actually, there was other jobs data out this week, which is the jolts, the job openings. And uh, this uh, was a big surprise. So if you, you know, up until now, it looked like those job openings were falling rapidly. So there was a you know, noticeable, uh, you know, rapid downward trend in job openings. But when they released the data for July, there was a big upper revision to June. And then July had more openings than in June. So we had an increase month on month and also on top of a huge upward revision. So now you look at the you know, a chart of Jolt's job openings, it's not even clear whether there's, the trend is actually downward or not. Not not really sure if, if uh, openings are are falling. Certainly, they're not falling rapidly as 
you know, we thought was the case before this uh, latest data came out. So, you know, again, we, we had uh, the the payroll data this morning was, uh, you know, kind of Goldilocks, but this, the jolts, uh, job openings were, uh, you know, a, a negative shock for the bond market. So it's the kind of data, you know, the, the Fed has talked a lot about the balance between job openings and the unemployed. So to see suddenly the openings are a lot higher than you thought it was, uh, you know, bad news and the market priced in more Fed rate hikes after that uh, data came out. And also uh, another key indicator this week was ISM manufacturing uh, for August. That was better than expected. It was actually flat uh, 52.8, the same as in July. And also the prices paid index came down uh, now just barely above 50. So it shows you there's a lot less inflationary pressure uh, at the manufacturing, you know, at manufacturers uh, than there was just uh, a few months ago. And uh, a couple other things to mention from this week, uh, home prices, um, the rate at which they're appreciating is slowing sharply. You know, obviously, the housing market has cooled off a lot because of higher mortgage rates. And also, we saw a nice gain in the conference board measure of consumer confidence. That uh, was up eight points. And... Uh, Again, to me, this is just another example of the tailwind from lower gasoline prices. So, you know, nothing helps to boost consumer sentiment like falling gas prices, and and that's what we saw in the data this week. Well, a busy week on the data front, so thank you for that recap, Ryan, and for sharing with us your interpretations. You mentioned the Fed a few moments ago. I know at this point we're about a week out from the Jackson Hole Symposium. It wrapped up this past weekend. Any reflections, Brian, you'd like to share with us, including any thoughts on the market response we've been seeing over the past week or so, as well as what the setup looks like at this point for the highly anticipated September Fed policy meeting? I think uh, the Powell's speech at Jackson Hole, very simple, very straightforward, not subject to misinterpretation, and overall pretty a pretty hawkish message, which is that you know, we're going to keep raising rates until inflation comes down, and then you know, we're not going to be in a rush to cut rates. And this is the thing, if you look at the last uh, few uh, cycles for the Fed, uh, often you know they're raising rates, but then the economy gets in trouble and they, they cut rates. The first rate cut is not very far away from the last rate hike. You know, sometimes as, as little as two months between the last hike and the first cut. Um, but in this case, because the Fed is battling against inflation and they, they're trying to reestablish price stability, the sense is that the, you know, they may have to keep rates higher for longer just to really establish that, you know, uh, their their credibility as uh, you know in terms of fighting inflation. Now you look at the, all the data that's come out since uh, you know since then, and it's you know kind of kind of mixed. Like I said, uh, some things like the jolts uh, data that would make you think the Fed will have to hike rates more. Um, but uh, you know, good news in terms of say inflation in the in the ISM prices paid. So kind of a mixed picture. The last really key data release before the FMC meeting is the CPI for August that's coming out on the 13th. So market doesn't know which way the Fed's going. They're sort of halfway between 50 and 75 bips in September. 
And I think the Fed itself has not made this decision, and a lot will come down to that CPI report. So if you have good news and inflation in that report, I'd say market is more, uh, uh, the Fed is more likely to raise by 50 instead of 75. Thank you for helping us to manage expectations for the upcoming Fed meeting and for sharing your take on the Jackson Hole Symposium. So as we look ahead to next week, I know markets will be closed here in the U.S. on Monday in observance of the Labor Day holiday. Though, what will be taking place next week, Brian, that you feel investors should be mindful of? So not a lot in terms of the data release next week, some, but some important ones. And uh, maybe most important, uh, as we were just talking about the Fed, is the, the Fed's day's book uh, will be released. And uh, under current circumstances where you have a huge amount of noise in the economic data, the kind of anecdotal information you get from the day's book is really useful, really important. I think the Fed is relying on this information to make their decision. So it be really interesting to see you know, what that shows in terms of the strength of labor market, the wage growth, inflationary pressure, and overall growth rate in the economy. I, I'm really looking forward to this page book as an important source of new information. In terms of data, we'll get the ISM services PMI. This is uh, it gives you a timely snapshot of what's going on in a, in a lot of the economy, so that's a useful report. And then we'll also get consumer credit. Now, the consumer credit has been rising really rapidly recently, including things like credit cards. You know, uh, wages haven't kept up with inflation. Uh, a lot of households are increasingly strained, and they're borrowing to maintain uh, their, you know, their standard living. So interesting to see you know, if this trend towards um, you know, rapid growth in credit uh, is continuing. Thank you for previewing some points of interest in the week ahead and for joining us here to cap off the week on top of the morning. Very productive, informative conversation as always. I wish you a nice Labor Day weekend. Thank you again, Brian. Thanks very much. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 